Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is series 3, episode 106 to 109 of this daily study podcast. Thank you very much for joining us today as we begin and go through quite a bit of our Come Follow Me study for this week. We are covering today uh, Doctrine and Covenants sections 37 to 40, um, covering the week of April the 12th to April the 18th. Um, and the reason why this is episode 106 to 109 is because what I'm going to do today, as you may well have noticed, um, we haven't, haven't had a few uh, any episodes recently. I just want to uh, have a little bit of an di- explanation why that is, just for the first minute or two. And then we're going to dive into the materials which I would have covered over the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and today's Friday episode. Um, and we're going to cover Doctrine and Covenants 37 and 38 uh, during that discussion about the gathering of Israel um, in in Ohio, uh, which we'll talk about uh, in depth in a moment. Now, the reason which many of you may well know, if you're a part of the Facebook group, is my uh, I was I had to rush into hospital uh, on um, Sunday night, which would have been when I would have recorded, or I would have recorded the next episode on the Monday night, but it just wasn't possible in the hospital uh, for Tuesday. Uh, I did mean to send out the Monday episode which should now be um, now published in your podcast list. Um, the usual Monday episode where I kind of cover something different from the Come Follow Me schedule. Um, I, that was ready to go out and I don't know why I didn't publish. I definitely did click to publish it, but it didn't happen. And so you've now got that to listen to as well as this. But um, I just wanted um, to cover this as kind of four episodes in one rather than do it in four individual ones because that seemed to be a bit pointless. Um, and it obviously does break from the tradition of having a bite-sized, you know, 10-minute episode each day. But uh, there's a lot of material here, which I did want to make sure that we covered. Uh, and as I have a bit of time now, uh, now that I've returned home uh, to be able to do this, um, well, not just this, but to be able to do a number of things at home. But, you know, this is one thing I can do whilst I'm here as well. Uh, I thought, you know, why not? Let's um, record this episode. It'll be a, quite a bit of a longer one, more than usual, uh, but uh, it will be certainly a useful um, episode to try and catch up with what we've missed um, and also it'll help me keep up to date with the num- episode numbers through the year because I, I, I quite like it uh, that it has kind of begun from the start of the year all the way through um, so that'd be good um, and really this um, section uh, is as I mentioned is all about gathering uh, and so we'll have a look now Oh, and before I dive in, uh, just so you know, everything is okay. Many of you will know that my son uh, was diagnosed with leukemia about six or so weeks ago, six to seven weeks ago, uh, and he is okay. There was just, uh, you know, a complication with some of his treatments, and um, I was in hospital with him. You know, it was only urgent that I had to go in because uh, my wife was a bit unwell, so I had to swap with her, um, looking after him at the hospital. Uh, but otherwise, things are on track and progressing as well as they can be at this time. So um, thank you for your concern and worries there. Um, so Doctrine and Covenants, sections 38 to 39. Once again, the revelations in context and the saints book this time give a great con- uh, background to this uh, to help us understand what exactly is going on. Now, I'm going to start in the saints um, book uh, in the t- chapter called Gathered In chapter 10, volume 1. Um, and it says this, quote, 
At the end of December, the Lord instructed Joseph and Sidney to pause their work on the translation. A commandment I give unto the church, he declared, that they should assemble together at the Ohio. They were to gather at the new con- with the new converts in the Kirtland area and wait for the missionaries to return from the west. Here is wisdom, the Lord stated, and let every man choose for himself until I come. The call to move to Ohio seemed to bring the saints closer to fulfilling ancient prophecies about the gathering of God's people. The Bible and Book of Mormon both promised that the Lord would gather together his covenant people to safeguard them against the perils of the last days. In a recent revelation, the Lord had told Joseph that this gathering would soon begin. Close quote. So this is dealing directly with Doctrine and Covenants section 37. In Doctrine and Covenants section 37, this is the Lord telling Joseph and Sidney about the initial commandment to gather, that they are to gather to the Ohio, uh, and that this was, you know, the next stage of the church. Um, and it says in verse 2 of uh, Doctrine and Covenants 37, And again, I say unto you that ye shall not go until ye have preached my gospel in those parts, and I have strengthened up the church whithersoever it is found, and more especially in Colesville, for behold, they pray unto me in much faith. And then in verse 3, And again, a commandment I give unto the church, that it is expedient in me that they should assemble together at the Ohio, against the time that my servant Oliver Cowdery shall return unto them. So this call has been issued by the Lord to Joseph Smith and Sidney Ridden. And um, I want to talk about in a minute what the reaction to that was, because, I mean, this was a big thing. Um it would be a big thing, you know, if this was fit this fit in quite nicely with uh, being the week uh, or two, well, two weeks after we had general conference. And I guess the question is, you know, if the if the prophet turned to turned to us, you know, in our day and said, right, we all need to go gather at a certain place, you know, sell your places, sell your homes. Leave behind your livelihoods, leave behind your work uh, and come move to this place. I mean, it'd be a huge, huge thing today. Um, I mean, notwithstanding the COVID-19 pandemic, of course, you know, even if we were living in normal times in today's world, that would be a, still a big thing to do. Um, well, just imagine it for this group of people. Uh, we'll talk in a minute about why it was so, uh, well, it was such a difficult commandment and such a uh, such a commitment uh, for these people to, to do that in this time, because for certain, it was even more difficult for them as it would have been for us uh, in many places. And so we'll talk about that in a second. But interestingly, in verse four, it says, Behold, here is wisdom and let every man choose for himself until I come. Even so, amen. Uh, and it seems to be here that the Lord is saying, look, you know, this is the commandment to let them choose for themselves. And this is the principle that, of course, Joseph Smith teaches later when he teaches about how he teaches the members correct principles and let them cover themselves. You know, the um, the expectation is that the doctrine is taught and then the then the members uh, follow the commandments. Elder Neil A. Maxwell, uh, not Neil A. Maxwell, Elder Neil L. Anderson uh, said this, quote, To those who show an interest in our conversations, we can follow the Saviour's example by inviting them to come and see. Some will accept our invitation and others will not. We all know someone who has been invited several times before accepting an invitation to come and see. Let's also think about those who once were with us, but now who we rarely see, inviting them to come back and see once more. We respect each person's choice and timing. The Lord said, let every man choose for himself. A person's lack of interest need not diminish our bonds of friendship and love. 
Whether or not the invitation is accepted as you invite others to come and see, you will feel the approval of the Lord and, and with that approval, an added measure of faith to share your beliefs again and again. Close quote. It is important to remember that agency is an important thing um, and that it is something that was fought for from by our Saviour that was agreed on in the council in heaven. Uh, and as the Lord reminds us here, it is wisdom that we choose for ourselves. Um, and so he gives them this invitation uh, to, to gather uh, and says that they can choose to gather. But um, as time goes on, in fact, a few days later, the Lord decides to reinstate this or reinforce this commandment um, to the general population of the church in the third conference of the church. Now, uh, this third conference took place on January the, January the 2nd. And it's interesting that it took place on January, January the 2nd, because, of course, you know, we are we are conditioned or we are um, used to having conference, general conference in an April and an October uh, twice a year. And interestingly, listen, listening to a podcast, I believe um, it was, oh, my goodness, I've forgotten her name, which is frustrating. But it was the guest um, speaker uh, with... Um, John, by the way, and I've also forgotten his co-host name. I think it's Hank Smith. Uh, and they were speaking about how this general conference pattern of April to October was begun in Nauvoo, I believe, uh, when they would have a military procession. And this military procession would begin in the early April. Uh, and the last of the processions or, you know, celebrations would happen, uh, you know, at the beginning of October. And so that's when the the church held these conferences because that's when most saints were gathered together. It was really interesting, actually, to kind of hear how that's kind of the historical background to why we have a, a general conference in April and one in October today. But of course, before that point, uh, the church would have had conferences, you know, whenever they felt inspired to do so. Um, and so that's, um, that's why this one took place on January the 2nd. But in this one, the Lord states this even more clearly that they had to gather. Uh, let's just give a bit of context, a bit more context to this uh, before we dive in and look at Doctrine and Covenants section 38. So if we go back to the Saints book, uh, which is giving us a bit of the background around this, um, it says, quote, but the st call still came as a shock. At the church's third conference held at the Whitmer's home soon after the new year, many of the saints were troubled their minds full of questions about the commandment. Ohio was sparsely settled and hundreds of miles away. Most church, mem new church members knew little about it. Many of them had also worked hard to improve their property and cultivate prosperous farms in New York. If they moved to a, a, as a group to Ohio, they would have to sell their property quickly and probably lose money. Some might, e might even be ruined financially, especially if the land in Ohio proved less rich and fertile than their land in New York. Hoping to ease concerns about the gathering, Joseph met with the saints and received a revelation. Close quote. And we'll read about the blessings that the Lord gives gives them in this revelation now. So basically, the, the commandment was given to gather uh, on the 30th of December. This was clearly spread out. And then, you know, the people had great fear and anxiety over this, which is why this second revelation was given, which is known now as Doctrine and Covenants 38. Uh, and there are many great blessings Um given uh in this in this revelation uh let's have a look at the revelation now and then we'll look at the uh the impact 
uh, that this revelation had uh, on the saints in helping them to get ready to move to the Ohio. In verse 1, the Lord states who he is. He says in verse 1, Thus saith the Lord your God, even Jesus Christ, the great I am, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the same which looked upon the wide expanse of eternity and all the seraphic hosts of heaven before the world was made, the same which knoweth all things, for all things are present before mine eyes. So basically he's saying here, look, I know everything. I know what, you know, needs to happen. And I am aware of the blessings that can come to you. Um, Brooke P. Hales uh, said this, quote, The prophet Mormon is an example of this. He did not live to see the results of his work, yet he understood that the Lord was leading him carefully along. When he felt inspired to include the small plates of Nephi, uh, Mormon wrote, And I do this for a wise purpose, for thus it whispereth me according to the workings of the Spirit of the Lord which is in me. And now I do not know all things, but the Lord knoweth all things which are to come. Although Mormon did not know the future loss of the 116 manuscript pages, the Lord did, and prepared a way to overcome that obstacle long before it occurred. Close quote. The Lord is telling this to this, to this same message to the people here at the beginning of Doctrine and Covenants 38. Because he knows that this is such a big challenge uh, and something that which they were worried about, he is seeking to calm their nerves by reminding them about who he is uh, and that he is there prepared uh, to be able to support and bless these people. Interestingly, in verse 4, it says, I am the same which have taken the Zion of Enoch into mine own bosom. And verily, I say, even as many as have believed in my name, for I am Christ, and in mine own name, I, by the virtue of the blood which I have spilt, have I pleaded before the Father for them. He reminds them that um, he is the Lord, the same Jehovah that took the Zion of Enoch into his own bosom. And it's interesting that he mentions this now, because, of course, what he's about to lead on to is an invitation to gather as one, just like the people of uh, Enoch were in Zion. What I love about this is if you look at the background, of course, of this, um, part of this invitation to gather also included uh, a commandment to Joseph and to Sidney and the others who were supporting Joseph uh, in his revised translation or, or his, you know, his inspired version of the Bible, whatever you want to call it. Obviously, it's not a translation in the sense that it was he had the original language in front of him and he translated it from the ancient language to English. Um, we know that this translation of the book of, of the Bible, sorry, was a little different uh, in the sense that it was basically Joseph reading the sections of the Bible and being inspired to make additions or edits or changes um, through the Spirit of the Lord as he went through. Um, and there's a lot of research into this and how this worked. Uh, and it's fascinating stuff, to be honest. Uh, but I'm, I am not a scholar. I'm not uh, an individual to go through that in detail. But there's many podcasts which uh, are out there which you can listen to, which will talk more about how that process worked. But what's important for us to know at this point is that this process was happening at this time. And it was at this stage that Joseph was was reading about Enoch, and was reading about the, the, um, the city of Zion and how they had gathered and all these kind of things. And then, of course, you know, the Lord gives them this invitation to gather together, to gather as one and to be all safely gathered in together as a church. 
And of course, you know, this is not a coincidence. The Lord has directed Joseph to to translate or to look at the Bible and 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 get his own copy and to then make these inspired changes to it. And he's teaching him whilst he's studying his own scriptures about this gathering and then adds that extra line upon line precept that they are now together uh, as one, as Zion, as the Lord's people. Um, And that's just interesting to me how, you know, once again, we see the revelation, even to prophets, are usually given through the studies that they do, uh, through what they are inspired to look at by the Lord. Um, And I thought, you know, that was a really (coughs) timely reminder about how we need to um, study carefully uh, the things that we are asked to study um, you know, come follow me and so on. You know, these things we're given are given for a, for a purpose in our lives at this time, which can really apply to us. After this introduction, uh, the Lord gives them some great blessings and promises that will come as they begin to develop and to build this kingdom on earth. In Doctrine and Covenants 38 verse 9, it says, Wherefore, gird up your loins and be prepared, Behold, the kingdom is yours and the enemy shall not overcome. Um, You know, he is telling them that that he will protect them, that he will not allow the enemy to overcome them ultimately. Keith B. McMullen uh, said this, quote, Every time calamity strikes, there is a corresponding sacred obligation that falls upon each of us to become better. We should ask ourselves, what part of my life needs to change so that the weight of chastisement not be felt? The church and its members are commanded to be self-reliant and independent. Preparation begins with faith, which enables us to weather vicissitudes as they come. We see earth life as a preparatory journey. Faith in the Lord and his gospel conquers fear and begets spirituality, or begets spirituality, close quote. They were being you know, invited to, to come with the Lord on this journey, written, telling them that you know, they weren't being asked to go to the Ohio, uh, and do so alone, but the Lord will be with them in their midst, even. Um, and I just love how you know He promises each of us this in our own personal lives. How many times have we been commanded or asked to do something which may have been as challenging, or a trial came into our lives that was as difficult as gathering to the Ohio for these people? Um, the Lord here is promising His great protection and guidance and love to us as well as to them. Uh, And I think that is is such a wonderful blessing uh, for us to know today. Um, It says in verses 16 to 17, again, thinking about the the financial worries that they had. And for your salvation, I give unto you a commandment. For I've heard your prayers and the poor have complained before thee and the rich have I made and all flesh is mine and I am no respecter of persons. And I have made the earth rich and behold, it is my footstool. Wherefore, again, I will stand upon it. Um, he is saying here that, I mean, I love, first of all, that he makes the point that, you know, rich and poor, you know, there is no respecter of persons. He sees everyone equally. Um, Elder Quentin L. Cook said this, quote, One of the precious things I love about the temple is that among those who attend, there are no distinctions of wealth, rank or position of any kind. We are all equal before God. Everyone is dressed in white to signify we are a pure and righteous people. All sit side by side with a desire in their hearts to be a worthy to be worthy sons and daughters of a loving heavenly Father. Close quote. What a blessing to know that the Lord 
loves each and every one of us individually, that he doesn't look at, at our rank, our status, you know, what, um, you know, roles we have in earth, but he loves us all as his children. Um, and of course, you know, he will bless those who, he's able to bless those who keep his commandments and covenants more, but he loves everyone uh, and desires to give those great blessings to all of us. So he is promising them that riches will flow to them uh, as they strive to keep his commandments, as they strive to follow him. Um, and this, of course, is in, in relation to that call to get to gather to the Ohio. And the following is what the Lord really desired for his people. In verse 27, it says, Behold, this I have given you unto you as a parable, and it is even as I am. I say unto you, be one. And if you're not one, you're not mine. Now, that is some really powerful words there. Um, and, you know, when we think about our group, our congregation in, in our ward and in our stake, you know, it really does apply to us. It's really important that we strive to look for unity and how we can be together um, in love and in understanding. Of course, you know, we are not necessarily to be best buddies and friends with every single person that we interact with uh, in, in the church. And of course, you know, whilst we would love that for that to happen, that it just is not going to happen at times. But, you know, we are to be united um, Harold B. Lee said this, quote, if we are not united, we are not his. Here, unity is the test of divine ownership, as thus expressed. If we would be united in love and fellowship and harmony, this church would convert the world, who would see in us the shiny example of these qualities which, in evidence, which evidence that divine ownership. Likewise, if in that latter-day saint home the husband and wife are in disharmony, bickering and, and divorce is threatened, there is an evidence that one or both are not keeping the commandments of God. If we in our wards and our branches are divided and there are factions not in harmony, it is but an evidence that there is something wrong. If two persons are at variance, arguing on different points of doctrine, no reasonable thinking persons would say that both were speaking their different opinions by the Spirit of the Lord. Close quote. I think this is a particularly interesting quote, especially when he was talking about, first of all, a husband and wife, that are threatening divorce about how one or both are keeping the commandments and also two individuals arguing on, on points of doctrine wouldn't have different opinions if they both had the spirit of the Lord on those points. And I think, you know, before, you know, that is questioned, I think what we're talking about here is if, you know, there is a breakdown then something isn't quite right. Um, not that if you argue with your husband or wife, one of you is breaking commandments. That, of course, probably isn't the case. But I think what um, President Lee is saying here is that if there is just a a dysfunctional breakdown that is, you know, not going to be repaired or is, or is breaking down enough so that it can't be repaired, then there is probably something behind the scenes there. Uh, and I think that that is... Um, an important um, point to make there. But as the Lord says, you know, if we are not one, if we're not united, then we're not his. And that spirit can't reside in that home, that ward, whatever it is, um, if if we are not united. And of course, um, that is what 
the Lord is desiring as he calls to gather his people. In verse 32, he says, Wherefore, for this cause, I gave unto you the commandments that you should go to the Ohio, and there I will give unto you my law, and there you shall be endowed with power from on high. Now, I know that um, in Kirtland, Ohio, the temple that was built was not the temple that was the finished article, as it were, with the complete ordinances of salvation in it. Um, we know that it was kind of a preparatory temple, a, a space for them to kind of get to know the understanding of what a temple was before they then went to Nauvoo and they received the full ordinances of um, salvation for those here and those beyond the veil. Um, but it's interesting that this phrase being endowed with power, power was introduced here. Um, and again, you know, the word endowed, as far as I can see, this was the first instance of this word being used here. And again, as I mentioned in last week's um, episodes, that, that a temple was first mentioned um, last week. So we're starting to get these ideas and understandings of endowments and use of a temple and the blessings that come from that and the power that comes from that uh, around this time. And once again, we see the Lord is developing his gospel, his um, restoration of the gospel in these latter days, line upon line, precept upon precept. And these things will become even more important to these people as they go forward uh, through this um, through this experience. Um, I think, really, that is probably the end of what I wanted to point out uh, from these um from these verses because there's a bit more repetition there verse 38 he talks about again when men are endowed with power from on high uh, all things shall be gathered into the bosom of the church so it's all about this idea of gathering building together and also preparing to be endowed from on, from on high because they are gathered and this is exactly what the lord wants them to have is this opportunity to be together let's not forget that you know the the idea of gathering did begin with Enoch in the city of Zion, and it began in this dispensation as a gathering together into one place. Now, of course, um, that has changed. And I believe it was around the early 1900s, 1920 or so, the 1920s, where the call to gather together as one people changed around that point. And it was a, then a call to gather together where you stand or where you live, to gather individual communities are dotted around the world as one com community of Christ. And even more recently, particularly with Elder, with President Russell M. Nelson's remarks, we are now being called to not just gather people into one place, but we're being called to gather Israel on both sides of the veil. This now extends to beyond the veil. And of course, we've been doing work for the dead for, for decades, um, for many, many years. But there's been a real push on this idea that we need to gather our ancestors and gather all of our, um, gather Israel uh, on both sides of the veil. Um, and those people who are Israel are those who will let God prevail in their lives. Uh, and so I think that, you know, even now we are seeing this call together, um, adapting and evolving over time. I just love how we see this, um, again, this idea of line upon line developing through those years. Now, the, the question is, this, um, you know, revelation given uh, to the saints, did it help? Did it help them to feel more comfortable? Well, if we go back to the saints chapter uh, in chapter 10, 
called Gathered In, um, it says this, quote, The revelation calmed the minds of most saints in the room, although a few people refused to believe it came from God. Joseph's family, the Whitmers and the Knights, were among those who believed and chose to follow it. As the leader of the Colesville branch of the church, Newell Knight returned home and began to sell what he could. He also spent much of his time visiting church members. Following the example of Enoch's people, he and other saints in Colesville worked together and sacrificed to ensure the poor could make the journey before spring. Joseph, meanwhile, felt an urgent need to get to Kirtland and meet the new converts. Although Emma was pregnant with twins and was recovering from a long bout of sickness, she climbed aboard the sleigh, determined to go with him. Close quote. So, basically, um, this this call to gather from the Lord in section 37 and 38 additionally as well was enough to, to gather this people to Ohio. Because at this stage, the church was developing very fast. It had about 300 members by this stage, which when you think about it, it's pretty incredible um, considering that it was established in April 1830. And here we are now in December 1830 and it's gathered 300 followers already. Um, but again, a large chunk of that was in, in Ohio, in Kirtland. And so there was a real need for this group to kind of gather together and to build together in one place. And Kirtland was the place appointed to do that. And so members from Colesville had to go and move over there. And members from the Palmyra, New York area had to go and move over to there. And they did this. Now, you know, this was a big, as we said before, a big undertaking for these people. Um, farms had to be sold and probably lost a lot of money on doing so. Transport had to be taken. And of course, it took it was hundreds of miles to this place. And as it mentioned earlier, I'm glad and I'm pleased it mentioned it earlier that Kirtland wasn't a, a major place. It wasn't a big city or anything like that. It was a place where many of these people hadn't even heard of before. And yet they sold their things and they, they gathered and they moved to that place, not knowing if what work would be there or what ways of providing income for their families or provisions, but they moved nonetheless. Uh, and they clearly had great faith in order to do that. Um, and once again, it just reminds me just of the great sacrifice and um, you know, the amazing, wonderful things that these early saints did. Now, of course, they might look at our day and think, wow, well, these saints today are doing incredible things looking at, you know, the amount of distraction and temptation in the world today. And, you know, that would be so difficult to contend with and just the busyness of life, really. Um, but I think that, you know, we can pretty much um, guarantee that, you know, we would, I personally would struggle to do what um, this people did to gather to the Ohio in the way that they did. But I'm grateful for it because, of course, it led to further revelations, further work taking place, and ultimately the temple um, being built in Kirtland, Ohio, um, which, of course, was the foundation or the building or the starting stone, the building blocks or the or the beginnings of this idea of um, gathering Israel of both sides of the, of the veil. I think we'll leave it there today because um, obviously it's a, a bit of a much longer episode than normal. Um, I wanted to cover this whole idea of gathering to the Ohio and what this means for us today and how and what the context was of that, of those two chapters and what we learned from that those chapters as well. And I think that we've addressed a lot of that today. Um, maybe not as much as I would have if we were going through day by day, but 
it's absolutely fine. This now leaves us with sections 39 and 40 uh, to have a look at uh, tomorrow and Sunday as well, um, which I think is fine because, I mean, section 39 is quite lengthy in itself. Um, and then section 40 is very short. Uh, and so we'll be looking at the individual James Coville. Uh, and he is an interesting character as well. Um, and But maybe for a different reason than uh, we've had interesting characters before. So uh, we'll look forward to uh, seeing you tomorrow with that. We'll be back to our regular sh- kind of short bite-sized episodes uh, from tomorrow. Uh, and hopefully going forward, so we'll be able to continue with that uh, despite or, or no matter what kind of things happen with uh, my uh, personal circumstances with my son. Um, you know, he's doing well. Uh, and so hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be able to be able to be together again at home in the next few days. And we'll see where things go from there. Thank you very much for being patient this week. Uh, I hope you've been, been enjoying your studies uh, about around this these sections without uh, this usual daily uh, study session. Um, please do follow the podcast uh, on social media. Uh, there's the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me, where you can uh, hear my thoughts each day as I share them on Facebook and also uh, any thoughts that anyone else share as well. And you can also email ldsstudysession at gmail.com uh, if you if you want to share any of your questions or feedback, or if you're interested in joining in a future podcast episode yourself with me. It's been a while since we've had one of those episodes, but uh, and obviously it's a very busy time for me as well, but I'm always open to hear from individuals who'd be interested in the future to join on a future episode. Thank you very much for listening, and until we meet again.